Welcome to the Cyber Life Podcast. Remember, if you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, download, rate, five stars, of course, and share this podcast with everyone you know. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Cyber Life Podcast. My name is Ken Underhill, your host, and I'm here with Katia Dean. She is a legend in the cybersecurity space. I know a lot of people, when I say that, they hate me saying that, so hopefully she likes it. <laughs> um, but uh, for those that don't know her, she's, uh, she's a, a great young woman in uh, cybersecurity she mentors a lot of people. She helps a lot of women in security. Uh, she's also, you know, of course, got her graduate degree uh, from UMA, uh, UMUC, as well as an undergrad in electronic engineering, which I'm going to ask you about uh, in just a little bit. Uh, and then, of course, she's she's a pet lover. She has a little dog. Um, I think just one, and we'll talk about that a little bit because that's important. Uh, and then also, you know, as I mentioned, she mentors a lot of people. And she's also uh, something that just kind of started up, to my knowledge, uh, I've seen it a little bit on LinkedIn, is, is the Blacks in Cybersecurity uh, out of the D.C., Maryland area, um, which I'm, I'm actually excited about as well. So, um, so without further ado, I'm going to let you take the floor, Katia, and um, you know, just kind of give us the background on you a little bit and some of the things you're working on right now. Okay. Hello, everyone. My name is Katia Dean. My background, I have my bachelor's in electronic engineering from Cleveland State University, and I have my master's in cybersecurity technology from University of Maryland, University of College. I have about six years of experience working with DOD military programs. So I'm a government contractor. I work at Northrop Grumman as a system test engineer, a cybersecurity engineer for PMA 274 helicopter program. I supported the Air Force at the Pentagon, and right now my current position is to support the Navy at the Pentagon as well, and my new position there is actually a program manager, and I'm getting exposed to the planning and budgeting and execution of eight programs that I am in charge of. Nice. I also do a lot of other things, <laughs> and, and I have my own cybersecurity blog. If you guys check it out, it's called KT's Sci Life, uh, where I share my wonderful experience of being unemployed for nine months <laughs> and going out there in the trenches and trying to find my new position after being laid off since September 2018. I also, right now what I'm doing, I'm actually starting my career coaching and my resume writing services because I realized during my little storm that even though I was going through my own storm, I was still willing to help people reach their goals and find employment and give them a encouraging, inspirational course throughout my time on LinkedIn. As Ken already mentioned, I have a fur kid. His name is Buster. Uh, Buster is a wired hair dachshund. That is the love of my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also have a pet business that's called Peaceful Paws Natural Care, where I have all natural grooming products to make sure that your fur kid is smelling fresh as always. And I also do pet sitting on the side as well that just started picking up due to the summer. 
Nice. Well, you are uh, super busy. Um, definitely making a, a positive impact in the industry. Um, do you have a link uh, for the the pet one on your uh, on your like your blog uh, page or anything, or LinkedIn or anything? Or um, if not, if you don't mind, uh, just kind of sharing that with me after we uh, we uh, do this uh, podcast here, and I'll make sure everyone gets that link, um, just so you can support Katia. Uh, and everything she's doing. Um, and uh, I can tell you, I'll, I'll probably buy some of that stuff for my uh, cat. So yeah. <laughs> uh, that's oh, a real yes, reason. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I also watch the cats. They're pretty cool. Oh, nice. Nice. All right. Well, yeah, you do it all. Um, yes. Look, no reptiles though. No reptiles. No, no. Okay. Yeah. You know, most people are, <laughs> and I don't bother with them either. They, you know, you can, you can reason with like a little cat or a dog, uh, but uh, you know, a rattlesnake, uh, they don't really want to talk to you. So. Yeah, no. <laughs> cool. So what, um, so just kind of going back to your undergrad degree, like what sort of got you interested in, in kind of the STEM fields? Like what, what, what kind of got you passionate about, like, let me be an electronic engineer. And then from that, how did you kind of pivot over to cybersecurity to, to go like, you know, for work and get your master's? Well, for me going into STEM, I would be honest, I do not have the typical story as in well, you know, I was just so great at math and I was passionate about math and that's why I got into electronic engineering. No, mine's is the opposite. <laughs> um, my math was actually my weakness and science was actually my weakness. However, I noticed that I like to work with my hands and I like to think and analyze things all the time. Mm -hmm. And no matter how hard I tried, I always came back to engineering. So throughout my undergrad, studies um i had a few struggles um in my math class i had to repeat those a couple times i had to go to tutoring but after all that i was still able to be successful and get in my engineering degree and as i mentioned before i got that from cleveland state cleveland ohio um, but i noticed that when i graduated there wasn't any engineering positions in my location Mm -hmm. So I decided to move to Maryland, where my dad was, which is a very small town that I already didn't like in the summertime. <laughs> but um, I realized, hey, if you want to advance your career, sometimes you have to take a risk. So I decided to take that risk and move to a small town that I didn't like because I was a city girl and <laughs> I liked the city. So I moved to Maryland in 2013. And while I was there in Maryland, I also volunteered in STEMI events, which was basically, we had um event each summer, and this particular event was geared towards young girls that was in elementary school and some was in high school. So I would volunteer for most of their workshops. One of the workshops that they actually had, it was during a uh, volunteer appreciation night, and they would talk about cybersecurity. And at this time, I didn't know nothing about cybersecurity. I didn't even know what it's about. But let's talk about one of the workshops and how the girls would have this project and they would decode a message within the computer system. And I said, oh, that sounds kind of interesting. So <laughs> nice. I ended up doing a workshop. It was kind of fun. So I said, hey, let me see what type of schools are out there that have cybersecurity. But I also noticed that, oh my God, I got to do programming. I don't like programming. So <laughs> let me, you know, really do my research on what cybersecurity is 
I hope it's not all about programming because I don't like programming. <laughs> so I had went to the UMUC website. They had a webinar about the whole cybersecurity program. And I found out that, oh my God, it's not about programming. <laughs> and that they have other areas within cybersecurity. So I was like, oh, this is going to be great. So then, <laughs> so then I uh, eventually enrolled in that school. I got my degree within a year because I'm crazy. No, but um, I got my degree within a year because the program had actually had, I'll call it like the accelerator program. So instead of them um, having three semesters, we actually had four semesters. So when I first started, I think I took like one semester off and then I just went all the way through. So I decided to do the cybersecurity technology path because this particular path gave you all different areas within cybersecurity. So one class, I learned about digital forensics. Another class, I learned about policy. Another class, I learned about um, the networking infrastructure. And another class, I learned about um, risk management. Nice. So I decided to go that route because I was able to get all different areas and I didn't want to just focus on one thing because I really wasn't for sure what I wanted to do. So that's why I decided to go the cybersecurity technology route. <laughs> Excuse me, got my master's in that. Cool. Now, is there any certain area, uh, so whether whether or not you've, you've worked in it, is there any certain area of kind of all those classes you took that was like your favorite? You know, whether that's forensics or hacking or, uh, you know, the SOC type of stuff. Like, is, was there anything that really, really interested you during the master's? Uh, from, my, from my experience, what I liked, I think, and it's only because I'm very analytical. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, I like more so of the like risk management side, learn about a little bit about the policies and make sure that everybody have an implementation plan put in place and the oversight and the governance side within uh, cybersecurity. Cool. Awesome. So where did, so kind of what do you see next uh, education wise? Are you, are you planning uh, like a PhD? Or anything no. like crazy like that? Okay. <laughs> I am okay. done with school. No more schooling for me. Um, my focus is now, because in my particular role, mm -hmm. um, actually, I just had a meeting. We actually was actually talking about some cybersecurity stuff today, finally. Um, but what I also noticed is that in the DOD sector, that they are trying to migrate to the cloud. So my next adventure is going to be actually studying for the cloud practitioner exam, focusing basically on the AWS platform because that's what the DOD is working with right, excuse me, working with right now. So my ultimate goal is to still focus on the oversight and governance side of cybersecurity but specialize in the cloud security area. Nice. So, so with the cloud, you know, you kind of mentioned, which is kind of their foundational stuff for AWS. Are there, do you kind of have long-term plans of moving through like the associate and professional levels or are you really just kind of want to get that foundational knowledge to make it more applicable, like in what you're, you're working on at, at your job? Um, first, I'm going to do the foundation first. Um, and then I eventually want to go on the system operation side because I'm one of those people I need for everything to already be done. And I'm just worried about the operation and maintenance side of things. 
So let me just operate and maintain your database and make sure that everything is updated properly, make sure that the standards are aligned. I'm not really focused on the architecture part, like somebody else could do that. Right. Yeah, and I'm more so focused on, like I said, to operate and maintain the database. Cool. Um, so uh, I know you. I know you've kind of done some some speaking that sort of stuff. Is that more so at like uh, just conferences or small groups, or or is it kind of a mixture? Um, well, right now I'm doing small baby steps. So mm -hmm. I'm doing um, small conferences. So for instance, um, this great organization here in the DMV area is called Blacks and Cybersecurity LLC. So basically, they just want to make sure that um, people, well, African Americans, African Americans are exposed to cybersecurity, and we have different topics that people come in and speak about. Most of my topics has been about the struggle, um, the struggle within cybersecurity, how to get started in cybersecurity, making sure that people understand that there's various areas within cybersecurity and you just don't have to be just technical all the time there is areas where if you're not from technical background you still could go into cybersecurity so i make sure that people are aware of that I also make sure that people understand that they need to get a mentor because a mentor is very important i will emphasize that Make sure you find a mentor that cares. Uh, make sure you find a mentor that cares, that's passionate, that's going to give you the motivation that you need. Uh, most of the time when I'm talking to people that ask me advice, just um, sending me a message. Uh, most of the time I always tell them to read my blog first because most of the time, most of the questions that they ask, I probably already covered. And then I also make sure that when someone is asking me a question, just per se, certifications. Uh, people always ask me about certifications. And I want to be aware. I don't, I don't never say, oh my God, you got to go get this cert first. You got to go do this. Because what I kind of realize is that, one, a lot of people still don't understand what cybersecurity is. Then a lot of people also, they just get a cert because somebody told them to get a cert. They don't know yeah. what to do after that cert. I don't know how many times I've met people where they have, a, they have a security plus cert, but they don't know what to do after that. Or they have security plus, but then they still can't find a job. So then sometimes I ask them, okay, well, what did you learn from your security plus exam? If you got this certification and if you're in an interview and you cannot articulate or relate the two to the job or what you learned, then to me, it just looked like, um, you know, something nice on your resume and that's about it. No, exactly. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and I can say that's actually something that I get a lot of questions on. It's like, oh, should I go, for, for example, I've got my CEH, so people are like, oh, should I get my CEH? Well, well, no, you know, I mean, it kind of depends on like you, uh, you know, it depends on, as you mentioned, you've really got to understand the goals uh, the company you're applying to, like, what do they actually want? Do they care if you have a cert? Is that just a way to, you know, in some companies, it's a way to get past that uh, quote unquote resume magical filter and actually get your resume in front of a human. But 
you know, I, you know, you went back to kind of getting a mentor, the, the networking side of things as well. And I think that's, in my opinion, at least, and I'm, I'm sure uh, you and many others that are experiencing the industry agree with this, the networking side of it, the getting the mentor that is experienced in there, that's the most, most important thing because that will actually open up those doors for you. It's not a certification. Like, uh, you know, I was in the industry before I ever got a certification. So for me, my, you know, I've got them and I think there's some value to them, but I, I also don't feel that that's the, uh, the, the entry point. I think, I think you're giving the best advice there of find the mentor and then the mentor will have enough experience and care. And so they'll be able to direct you based off your background in the, in the correct direction to go that, you know, somebody else may not be able to, or some, you know, college program can't do. Um, so I think you're giving some great advice here. And I'm hoping that uh, a lot of people that are reaching out to me on LinkedIn and stuff are going to listen to this episode. So this will hopefully answer a lot of their questions that they have. So I, I just want to say thank you for that over, overall. You're welcome. And I also want to add something else about mentoring. So for instance, um, when I finally got my master's, um, I actually had a mentor. Shout out to Dr. Carter. Uh, Dr. Carter, she was actually my professor at UMBC. And then I basically volunteered told her that she was going to be my mentor. So, <laughs> so she actually <laughs> my mentor. And what she made me realize is that I was one of those people where, oh my God, I'm not in cybersecurity. I'm just an engineer. But when I talked to her, she actually made me realize that I actually was in cybersecurity, but I was just providing um, just that engineering services. And then my particular industry was supporting government, government military programs. So I was in cybersecurity. I was just in a different area within cybersecurity. So that's why I say having a mentor, making you realize certain things is very important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's another misconception. Like uh, everyone, well, not everybody, but a lot of people that have reached out to me are like cybersecurity and they immediately think of like penetration testing, right? Well, they call it ethical hacking because they see it on the media. Um, and, and that's a very, very minute area, a very small area of cyber, you know. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, I, I just totally agree with that of the mentor because um, I had mentors myself. And I think that that will answer a lot of your questions. So you don't necessarily need to reach out to a hundred different people to get a hundred different answers. You can just find that one person that you already have that relationship with. Um, and you can just tell them that they're going to be your mentor like you did, <laughs> but uh, uh, you can also ask them as well. Um, but I think that's good. I think, I think it's good. And that's something else um, that I'm just thinking of as well, uh, taking the initiative because one thing I've noticed with this industry is people want to give back. People want to help you out, but we can't read your mind. And so like, like a lot of people, it takes forever just to get the question out of them when they reach, uh, connect with me on LinkedIn and stuff. And it's like, just, just ask a question. Just ask me like the question you want to ask. Don't beat around the bush of how you doing you know, wait like a 20 minute conversation just to ask me like, should I, or, you know, can I get a job as a pen tester out of high school with no experience in, in anything? Well, no, of course not. Right. You, you have to get the skills and stuff. Um, so I think that's a, I, th I going back to the mentor thing. I think that's just, it's such a critical thing that a lot of people don't really talk about necessarily. Uh, that's a great way to get into the industry is, is finding that mentor because they can put you in the right direction. So um, I keep going back to that, but I think that's a very, very valuable part of our conversation um, to keep bringing that up. So. Yes. And um, I will also like to add, 
I know people have certain gripes about resume writers, resume services, mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. But what I have also noticed is that your resume is what a company or recruiter receive first before they see you. So sometimes, not all the time, sometimes it's best to invest in a resume writer. But job candidates must also understand that yes, the resume writer has helped you bring your resume from like a F to like an A++ with some rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> But you must also realize that at the end of the day, you have to be confident in yourself and in your resume, and you still have to sell yourself. So, for instance, um, when I was out here in the trenches looking for my new job, uh, my resume that I had before, it was like the A. But I know I needed a little bit more oomph to it. So I decided to reach out to Richard. Drosen, Richard, I hope I uh, pronounced your last name correctly. If y'all need resume services, also hit him up on LinkedIn. But <laughs> I decided to reach out to him because I know I need that extra um. So once I actually said, hey, let me go out there and invest in a resume writer, I invested in his services. And once I got my resume together back from him, um, I tweaked a little bit because certain stuff I really need. He had keywords in there. I really know nothing about. So I had customized it <laughs> that I actually know because I didn't want to set myself up also. Right. So I customized it. And once I used his resume, I was getting interviews every week. So nice. another thing, uh, people I also want to um, elaborate on, just like I said, just um, the resume services, like I said, people have a gripe about that. But sometimes you just need that extra help for your resume because especially now what I'm noticing also for resumes, if you are transitioning from um, cybersecurity from a different industry, your resume has to connect those two. And you also have to know yourself how to relate those two together. So for instance, somebody reached out to me, there was a nurse practitioner Great that you're a nurse practitioner. You're getting your master's in information technology. But when I looked at your resume and you draw blood, that's great. You know how to draw blood. <laughs> but are you going to draw blood at a computer station? No. So then you have to change your mind to a security mindset. So how did you protect your patient's information? Did you mm -hmm. use a database? How did you secure that database? So you have to start thinking of a security mindset to transition into cybersecurity also. So take the time to invest in a resume writer that could save you some time. <laughs> Absolutely. Now you, you kind of mentioned that um, you, you do some of that resume writing stuff now. Are, uh, are people able to just kind of uh, ping you on LinkedIn and say, hey, I, I want this service, and then you'll be able to share that with them? Is that... Um, or is that something maybe on your blog that you got kind of a link that they could go to if they if they have uh, want further information or want to sign up for it? So what I'm doing right now with my resume services is that I'm just displaying it on LinkedIn right now. Mm -hmm. I'm in the midst of eventually adding that to my blog website, which is going to be another project that I'm working on. So right now, I actually developed a post today 
about my resume services and I have three different levels. Um, so like level one is an entry level. You just got a high school or college and, and you look for an internship. So that's like level one. Level two is you transition from another industry and I have to use my critical thinking skills and brain powers to work a miracle on your resume. <laughs> and then level three is, hey, you already in the tech industry, but you just need like a little oomph in there with extra little rainbows in there. <laughs> and um, I don't really have to do too much work because you already know your stuff. Um, and that's like my level three. What I also do is, is that I actually have a form that my potential clients fill out and it's basically a form where of course your first your first name your educational background and what I have also started to develop is like a side little research project mm -hmm. on my form I have how do you define cybersecurity? so oh, I, I have I noticed it. is that depending on how you answer this question I could tell if cybersecurity is still in that one realm, as in, okay, we're just defending networks, we're just trying to stop the bad guys, or do you look at it from a holistic approach, um, such as um, Dr. Hasib's cybersecurity quote that I do not have in front of me right now, so I'll have to share it in the link later on. And I actually have one, I'm only up to like six people right now. But I actually had one person that I was so proud of that they actually looked at cybersecurity from a holistic point of view. I said, yay! <laughs> All right. <laughs> Figured it out. There's, yeah, but <laughs> there's at least one out there. All right. <laughs> yes, there's one out there. Um, so I'm going to make sure I have that form so I can get to know the person. How can I really help you? Um, I also make sure that I at least look for one or two positions that I think that you should apply for. And depending on, like if it's a transition resume and if I have enough time, then I would try to do like a custom career path just to, as a reference guide. Um, and I'm basically gonna use like whatever your background is and then use the NIST 800-181 document, which is the cybersecurity workforce document that I feel everyone needs to read because that will help you define your cybersecurity path, what you're interested in. And also when you're on interviews, you will actually be able to speak to your specific area within cybersecurity. So that's a very important document. Absolutely, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's definitely great advice. Um, something you kind of mentioned uh, early on in, in this episode, you, you mentioned that you had to relocate because you recognized that, and, and at that time it was these engineering jobs, but you recognized that you needed to relocate to find the jobs. And, and one thing I noticed several people I've spoken with that are saying, I, I want a job in cyber, I want to get a job, but they're not willing to relocate. So in, in your opinion, should those people still kind of, you know, should they be like holding out hope that some remote position is going to open up when they have no experience in the industry or would they be better off in your opinion just um, I guess more exploring the aspect of relocation like being more open to it um, simply because they don't have experience in the industry in any capacity um, I'm one of those people if you want to be at a dead end job for the rest of your life sometimes you have to make some sacrifices 
So sometimes I reflect on if I didn't move from Cleveland, Lord knows I love Cleveland. But <laughs> if I didn't move from Cleveland, then I would probably still have a retail job, probably only making $9 an hour. Right. So I decided, like I said before, to make that risk and move to a different um, state where I left my family. I didn't know anybody. And it was boring. Um, <laughs> I also want to... <laughs> I know I'm probably like the funniest person you ever interviewed. Um, I also want to reiterate relocation you don't even have to relocate too far what i have also noticed is that for instance um i live in the northern virginia area mm -hmm. and i really wanted a position like 20 minutes from the house but i was on a time crunch so i had to get what i had to get so right now my commute is an hour and i'm in dc so i also want to put out to job seekers if you have to look 30 to 45 minutes away from your house yes the commute might be a little longer but you will have a position so sometimes you probably gotta look just a little further out no, that, yeah, yeah. that's that's great advice yeah I, I grew up in a in a small town so I, I remember I had to drive like an hour to uh, to do like anything really <laughs> anything fun at least uh, so yeah absolutely great uh, great information there um, anything else you want to share, Kitty? I, I know, um, I know you uh, you're coming from work to to uh, to jump on the podcast here, and I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, so, anything else you want to throw out, advice wise, uh, career wise, suggestions, anything? Um, and like I said, we're going to link all everything you kind of mentioned. We'll link to it um, in the uh, in the actual podcast page for everybody, so they can uh, find that uh, along with your LinkedIn um, profile page if you're cool with that as well. Um, just so they can find you. Um, if not, we'll test their skills as uh, hackers to see if they can track you down. Oh, um. I don't want that to happen. Now. <laughs> um, let me see. A lot of things I want to touch on, Andre Plan. Uh, <laughs> no, please, please. Yeah, we can go as long as you want. <laughs> if you, I want to say this if you are a job seeker and you are losing hope, sometimes when you are out there job seeking, these recruiters and sometimes these positions, will make you question, did I go to school for nothing? Or did I get these certifications for nothing? I just want to tell you that, as I was telling people, while I was going through my own storm, um, rejection is redirection. I also want to tell people that if you just got laid off unexpectedly, you know, a day or two ago, maybe you've been unemployed for a couple months, a year or two. I also want people to know that take this time as a reflection period. Sometimes it is a blessing in disguise. When I finally got my position, I reflected, I think like a month or two ago, about what this particular situation has taught me. So what this situation taught me is that, number one, I didn't give up. Number two, I still was positive, even though I had my bad days. Number three, I was able to develop now a career coaching and a resume writing business that's still in the works. Number four, my blog had actually helped some people, which I'm very proud of that. Number five, I just wanna say, just don't give up. And my last thing is number six, 
I have a cybersecurity survey that I would like everyone to please go out and fill out. I actually helped this small company AMA consultant out in Maryland develop this survey. Thanks to my wonderful people on LinkedIn also that contribute to this. So make sure everybody go out and fill that survey out for us because we're trying to get 200 responses so they can collect their data and try to improve the cybersecurity workforce. Nice. Nice. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, and we'll definitely uh, put the survey link as well. Uh, and I'll, uh, when I, uh, uh, when, once we've got this episode uploaded for everybody, we'll uh, also do a, uh, a LinkedIn post to my following as well with all the information in there. Um, so yeah, um, I'd like to get more than 200 people. So if you're listening to this, I want you to tell all your friends to fill it out as well. Uh, I want to get 2,000 people for uh, at least. Yeah, so, that works um, too. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'd like to do more than, more than enough in cyber. Uh, so yeah, I, I definitely wanted to thank you, uh, Katia, uh, for for coming on today. Um, like I said, I know you were coming from work, you're working hard, hard all day, uh, keeping the world safe. Um, so I just want to thank you for that. Uh, and I hope everyone enjoyed this episode, and we will uh, see you in the next one. All right, thank you.